0: In our last episode, we spoke about some of the practical ways by which you, our listeners, can address and draw attention to racist behaviors and actions that you may encounter. If you haven't checked it out already, do take a listen and share it with others who may find it helpful. In this episode, we discuss dealing with over-information in the age of digital activism, a topic that is increasingly important in this day and age. The vast proliferation of social media and the ease by which individuals can communicate with one another internationally and across time and space has heightened the level of interconnectedness all of us experience. It has also made it so that we as individuals are constantly and consistently bombarded with an endless array of news articles, opinions, social media posts, and much more. As we fight for justice and against injustice, we are faced with the task of having to process, condense, filter, and navigate this large and oftentimes confusing digital space. First, before we begin this discussion, I think it's important for us to talk about what digital activism actually is. A lot of people, I think, don't know what the term entails and if it even makes sense. I mean, is digital activism a term that sort of translates into an individual who uses you know online social media platforms to promote the work they do in the quote unquote real world? Or is digital activism the activist work that takes place in a completely online digital space? Are the people sharing informational posts on their Instagram story or tweeting resources and donation links?
1: Are they digital activists? I think the fact that we have so much confusion about what being a digital activist is, is actually, when you think about it, evidence that stands as a testament to the complexity of the online digital world. I don't think you can really define digital activism. The reason I say this is because of the vast networks that individuals have, because of our ability to share knowledge and resources instantly and to whomever we wish. Really, because of the interconnected nature of online digital communication and the vast digital infrastructure that supplants this, the question of who a digital activist is and isn't has become a very subjective notion. I mean, you could be an individual who is perhaps increasingly involved in activist groups, who happens to use social media on occasion. Or perhaps you're an individual who happens to know a vast network of followers and you then use your social media platform to share information, articles and resources, Perhaps you sign the petitions online, you send the emails to your local politician, and perhaps that's the work that counts as your activism, and that makes you a digital activist. I think rather than labelling who a digital activist is or is not, we must concentrate on how individuals can use the digital world for positive social change. I do think, however, and we've discussed this in the first episode, if you want to go and check that out, that um, using digital space solely to show solidarity when you aren't really doing any work at all is performative. There's definitely a distinction between digital activism and performative activism. And I think that needs to be acknowledged and noted.
0: I think that's a really great point. And, you know, the four main points that we are going to address and delve into this episode are Essentially, how to filter out information and focus on the cases or issues that you as an individual or activist are concerned about, then how to deal with misinformation and how to avoid spreading it, which has become increasingly important in this era of fake news, how to avoid diluting your digital activism, and how to channel your energy into social causes and be a supportive proponent of positive social change. Lastly, we'll end this discussion by talking about how to avoid activist fatigue.
2: Awesome. So let's just jump into our first point of discussion then, how to filter out information and focus on issues that you can do real work in. Well, let's start by being realistic. No one in the entire world is able to take care and fight against every single injustice that is occurring on earth. It's just Impossible. Unfortunately, if we want to fight against injustice, it's important to understand that. In order to be as effective as possible, what we need to do is really tackle issues step by step to get into the nitty gritty. You need to find out what it is you're truly passionate about and then do the work. Ask yourself why that is. Do your research and figure out how you can get involved and use your resources to get involved. This is actually also a good way to avoid performative activism, because if you really do care about an issue, and you've done the research and the hard work of confronting yourself, it's then very likely that you won't just join a movement because you're hopping on a trend. That in itself is powerful. In this digital age, you will most likely be bombarded with a plethora of information and... We've seen an increasing amount of it this year. Um, the reality is that injustices are just happening every single day, all the time. There are an enormous amount of people who are being exploited by systems that have quite literally dehumanized them. We do not live in an equitable world. As tempting as it is to say you're going to try and tackle every issue that comes across your plate, from racist immigration restrictions to climate change, I think it's important to be realistic and important to be kind to yourself. That isn't to say you can't spread awareness on topics of importance. I just, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I do think that if you're going to choose to make a real and effective positive mark on this world, we need to figure out what it is we're actually passionate about and what it is we can do to help.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I think finding out what you're really passionate about Um, is also a good way of sort of narrowing down the topic that you want to tackle or the issue that you want to focus on. So let's take, for example, racial justice. Fighting against racism and the anti-racism work we're doing is in itself a broad topic. Perhaps within that large movement, you know within Black Lives Matter, your passion is, let's say, defunding the police. You then make that your core activist work. So, you know, you'd read about defunding the police. You'll really understand what that means and what that topic entails. You'd do the research. You'd follow, you know, leaders or activists in that space. You'd look at organizations that are already doing that work that you may volunteer in or that need your help. You'd share their links and their resources. You would try to gather as much knowledge as possible on that topic. So on defunding the police. And then you yourself can slowly become a thought leader in that space because that's your niche. That's your core activist work. This becomes your passion and you slowly to start to become increasingly knowledgeable and a real force for change in that sphere. That doesn't mean that you can't get involved in other activist issues within you know, the Black Lives Matter movement or get involved in other movements. But as you can see, because you delved deeper into an issue that you truly care about and you've actually you know, dedicated that time to doing the work in that particular area, you're probably much more effective in working for and in that sphere. I also think that just because you have a core issue that's your main purpose or your main movement, it doesn't mean that you can't think laterally and expand your horizons into other emerging avenues of concern. So for example, let's say you've been fighting for racial justice for a number of years and perhaps you have a personal connection with the immigration system and therefore you've been focused on that sphere um, and you know the connection between racism and immigration policies. Let's say, you found a connection between these factors and discriminatory global economic policies you can and probably should then do the work to research about how you can help enact change in that sphere of discriminatory economic policy so there's always a way of expanding your activist work and thinking laterally and finding other avenues that are related to your core issue that you truly care about
1: i think that's a really good point about thinking laterally Uh, I think some people might use the fact that they perhaps haven't found something they're passionate about or they haven't done extensive research in a certain area to sort of discourage themselves from doing any kind of activist work or from, like, taking a stand um, for something they care about. So I'm here to say that it's definitely false and very much not the case. You can do the work even if you're still trying to find a niche or an area that you're interested in working in. Perhaps you need to read about numerous issues and find areas that strikes a call, find an area that strikes a chord with you. In the meantime, I think it's, you know you can. I think you can still sign the petitions and share the resources and make the donations. It doesn't stop you from being involved. Do not let indecisiveness allow you to remain inactive. I also think that all of us, every single one of us, have a skill that we're particularly good at. Perhaps you're an amazing writer or a wonderful public speaker. A really good way to see what you can do or how you can help is to leverage the skills that you already have for the good of the activist work you're engaging in. Take, for example, you're a great public speaker. Perhaps you may volunteer at an organisation where you can give speeches regularly to key stakeholders. Perhaps you're the person who engages at the public face of a movement. You know, you do the media interviews, you become a guest on a podcast, things like that. Or let's say you love doing research and you're really good at it. Say maybe you're doing the policy planning, you create the documents or research the key agenda items, you do fact checking, things like that. And I think it's important to remain positive um, in this headspace.
2: You know, it's, it's great that you brought up the point of fact checking. This brings us to our second key point, which is how to deal with misinformation and how to avoid spreading it. So the advantage of this age of digital activism is that it's really, really easy to spread information. I mean, there's virtually no monetary cost involved in joining a social media platform. I say monetary cost as well, because there's definitely a cost to your privacy as an individual, but that's a whole other discussion. This low barrier to entry means that anyone can post, tweet, or, you know, publish literally anything they want and feel like. But this doesn't mean that the facts that these individuals are sharing are correct. There's also a plethora of various opinions, statistics that are being interpreted differently, misinterpreted or misused. There are also people touting opinions and facts and discarding facts and stating that they are opinions. It's, it's messy. And I think that in this case, it's really important to form your own factual thought process behind the issues that you're advocating for. So this means if you come across something online that's interesting and that you'd you'd like to share, you know why you're sharing it. First and foremost, look at what the source is and whether it's a credible source and whether the source is even cited. Don't be afraid to ask about where somebody got their information from or what source they attained it from. Um, even, if you, even if you happen to disagree with the point at hand, then you definitely look up the issue or numbers being stated and make sure that it is, in fact, accurate. Once you've done that and you know and you truly believe in what you're sharing, go ahead and share it, but be prepared to defend yourself, be prepared to to take responsibility for the content that you've shared. Another thing is that there was a lot of talk recently about narratives being oversimplified on social media through um, these Instagram reels called called PowerPoint activism, um, in which text was put into images and and it was very easy to repost these things. Those are great and those are great for online sharing, but that's something you also want to be aware of. What kinds of narratives are being portrayed and are they being oversimplified? I know with social media, there's a tendency to act fast and and share something you see as fast as you can. But when it comes to activism and, and serving a cause it's really important to be factual and correct because and nuanced as well because if you think about any false information that is spread um, that decreases the legitimacy of your movement and it's also very easy for naysayers to then essentially debunk or fight against your arguments so definitely do your due diligence check your facts not only for yourself but for the movement that you are supporting yeah,
0: you know, I think talking about due diligence is important because I think a lot of people sometimes use that um, as a reason to, you know, be silent and it can have a silencing effect because not everyone is necessarily, you know, confident enough to make those decisions and may not, you know, believe that they've done enough due diligence on a topic and um, and, you know, some people use this as a reason to just, you know, post something generic or rarely posting anything at all because they are unsure about what they should or shouldn't say. And we saw this a lot, you know, with um, the, the recent um, movement and the continuing ongoing movement for Black Lives Matter where a lot of people were just silent because they felt like they shouldn't, um, you know, say anything. But I don't think that's the right approach to it. I think, you know it's important to check your facts and to make sure that what you are posting it's accurate but i also think that it's very important to make sure that you do not let you know this dilute your voice so if you are interested in a topic and it is something that you are passionate about go ahead and do the research and you know take that stand don't let you know things like this deter you from from you know, speaking up and voicing your, your opinion and, and standing up against injustice. Ultimately, it's important to remember that there's always a risk involved when you take a stand against anything at all. But nevertheless, it's important to take a stand for something. You know, this reminds me of that quote that was going around Instagram, we'd rather have you show up imperfectly than not show up at all. And I think that's a really important sentiment, to know that as you grow and learn more, that it's okay to change your views. We talked about extending compassion to others and being open-minded. I think what's also really important is practicing self-compassion. So once you have this mindset, I think you'll definitely be a lot more open to channeling your energy to activist causes.
1: So, you know, the point about bringing forth your energy to activist causes links really well into our last topic, which is also about how to avoid feeling fatigue. I mean, this year has seen an endless array of severe injustices, particularly racial injustice. Unfortunately, these are not new behaviours, but what is new is that more of us are stuck at home. We are dealing with a lot of uncertainty due to the pandemic and we are constantly in a hyperconnected state, checking our phones, our social media accounts or hopping on Zoom meetings... This state of 24-7 information flow, and particularly 24-7 information on social, social justice initiatives and activist movements, has resulted in a substantial amount of information overload. Every single minute, there's a new cause, a new injustice, and a new campaign. And if you're someone who's doing the active work, and in general, this results in a substantial amount of fatigue. So the question is, how do you combat this?
2: I think first, really taking the steps we've spoken about above. Um, I mean, being realistic, looking at the causes you care about and, and zeroing in on those particular issues. Um, and then we briefly talked about this in the last episode. It's actually giving yourself permission to take a break. Rest days are important for your mental health. You don't always need to be hyper-connected as much as we'd like to think we're not going to save the world without online activism. Sometimes just giving yourself the space to take care of yourself so that you're better able to put in the time and energy to tackle the issues that you want to tackle. Um I also think disengaging with negative naysayers or individuals who drain your energy is so important. If you find yourself in contact with people who are constantly and consistently behaving in a negative manner on your social media, stop responding. Don't add more fuel to the fire. And the important thing to note, I guess, is that there's a big difference, a massive difference between individuals who may have a different opinion from you and are curious to learn or curious to engage with you, as opposed to an individual who's just being a troll. Another suggestion is designating a period of time once a week, every few days, or even every day. Um, in which you do your activist work, that's a good way of compartmentalizing um, your time and your headspace. So let's say you take a few hours every Sunday and that's when you catch up on your reading, your research, etc. Um, This way you can alleviate some of the emotional trauma, um, secondhand trauma that comes with having to deal and process this information 24-7. Ultimately, I'd say listen to yourself. Don't do anything out of, Obligation, but do it because you are working for a purpose.
0: So, yes, definitely. I think, you know, one of the core points that we'd like you to get out of this episode is that it's really important to find your purpose and to work towards it. Um, If, you know, do definitely check out the other episodes in this series where we tackle different areas of racial injustice. um, And check it out if you're looking for what your key purpose is in this movement and in this fight against injustice. And I think, you know, that's a great point to end on. Um, Do definitely check out our other episodes if you want more information. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Munna I'm
2: Ashling Williams. And I'm Jingmin Tan.
0: And this was Declarations.
2: Our sound editor is Jay Richardson. Thanks for listening.
0: You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast streaming service.